the Chicago Bears select Mitchell Trubisky. Last night I tried some raw oysters. I want all my picks back and I want David goddamn Putney just because I feel like it. You're out of your mind. I am Dre Fogue and I'm the transfer. Coach, show them just in case they don't like your jacket. Can you go buy another one, Coach, if you need one? Hold on. We'll get it. Oh. Errant Rogers, E R R A N T Rogers. We're back, Judge, episode three. I'm here with my boys, Lee and Tommy Murray. How do you do? How are we doing? How do you do? Doing AFC South preview. Uh, division that used to be you know, the gutter of the NFL. Not a lot of intrigue, not a lot going on. Now I, all four teams seem to uh, at least have a plan together to, and, and can, you know, just looking over the rosters a little bit pre-show, you know, have talent and can be competitive in the NFL now, which is a lot more than you could say a few years ago. And, you know, obviously Jacksonville Jaguars from this division made the playoffs and went all the way to the AFC Championship game and gave the Patriots a run for their money. So uh, yeah. this division has has legit teams in it now, so it'll be uh, interesting to break it all down. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know what I'm going to predict at the end of the show. Yeah, it's not. It, this is not going to be a canned uh, answer for me. I, I really got to talk through all of this and, and figure out where I, where I'm at. I'm right there with you, and and just kind of piggybacking off what you said, like it's noticeable that a lot of these teams have been bad. And we're kind of seeing that revitalization through the draft, through offseason moves. Like, take a team like Jacksonville. They brought in guys, Jalen Ramsey and Leonard Fournette, obviously other guys like Bortles and, and such. But those are two guys that have highly impacted their franchise and, like you said, turned them into an AFC championship team or a champion, AFC championship competitor. And uh, this is a division with three other teams that have done the kind of the same thing and are, are kind of on the bounce back and – and, and looking to make their way as established, solid NFL franchises. So there, it is a division with a lot of intrigue. Yeah, and I think this is probably the best this division has been in probably 10 years. I mean, this division was awful the last couple of years with the Texans winning and kind of winning the division. Backing into nine it. Nine and yeah. seven. All of these teams have made moves or have something coming to them that gives them a little bit more of a different look than they had last year. So I think this is definitely going to be the most competitive. Uh, competitive this division yeah. has, has been. It's almost like for every team you can kind of point back to in recent memory when they were bad and how they've gotten better. Like with Tennessee, it was Mariota. Jake Locker. <laughs> failed experiment of that. Exactly. And then like the Jags, like I said, with uh, Bortles and Ramsey and Fournette and, and Houston recently with Deshaun Watson because they've been one of the better teams. They got an opportunity to grab Deshaun Watson later in the draft and then the Colts have kind of just been in this Andrew Lux world a little bit with some ownership issues, with some inability to restack the O-line, and they're, they're looking to, uh, to fix that. And why don't we start off with those guys, eh? Yeah, let's, let's take it over to the Colts. Let's take it over to the Colts, starting with the, them and the, and the Texans tied for worse in the division last year at 4-12. and We're going to go ahead and start with the Colts. So just, with the Colts, I think the most important thing to talk about is uh, Andrew Luck reportedly cleared for training camp. And reportedly... 100%. Yeah. Full go, yeah. Which is mute, which is just great for the league. Yeah, really yeah. good for the league, really good for the Colts. I mean, Andrew Luck is uh, just a star player in the NFL. People, I think he's been off the radar screen, and not, you know, for no good reason, but he's just not been playing. So, therefore, haven't really seen him in a while. Uh, and he, you know, hopefully, I'm sure that there's going to be a little rust to, to, to knock off for him in terms of just coming back and playing full-speed NFL football rather than just being tossing on the sidelines with no one in your face. But 
dude, I mean, Andrew Luck is the quintessential just football player, you yeah. know, and I don't think it's going to be too much for him to really get back on the swing of things. And also, the best this offensive line has been after, I was kind of looking over uh, their depth chart before, this, this is the best their offensive line has been probably since he's been there. Um, they really have a lot of... Finally. Yeah, exactly. Quinton Nelson in there, Ryan Kelly at center, Newhart at guard. Brought in Braden Smith from Auburn yeah, in the draft. Was, for, they, they finally have a depth guard. Exactly. They, they're not scraggling for Joe Haig to be playing right tackle one game, left tackle the next game, something like that. So, so like you said, re, kind of restating that O-line. And I just want to give a quick ode to Andrew Luck. Not many people really know this. Klepp knows that he got me a shirt a while ago. Andrew Luck, objectively, is probably my favorite player in the league to watch and follow. I think he's a class guy. I think he's an elite quarterback. And I think people have kind of forgotten how much of an so impact true. he makes. Kind of talking about, I just draw it back to that AFC West podcast, talking about Case Keenum and how he's the quintessential trailer quarterback. This, that. Andrew Luck's a tractor quarterback. Mm-hmm. Andrew Luck's a guy who is going to will your team to wins. He's going to make everyone around him better. He's got that football mentality. He's a really, really smart, cerebral, intellectual guy. And I'm really I'm really looking forward to seeing what he in Indianapolis can do this year. So a couple claps for Luck. Happy he's back. Uh, and so I don't know if Tommy is. Maybe you know Lee has spilled the beans to Tommy a little bit. But I'm going to oh, yeah. throw something in the prophecy here. This is okay. a great clap prophecy. This is a prophecy that I kind of, you know, Made in my head, looking at this. Uh, I'm fully on board with it too. And Lee, Lee is with me in it. In looking at the receiver talent on this team, it is lacking. Uh, you got, I mean, T.Y. Hilton is a stud in his own right, but behind him, you got Ryan Grant, Grant, like Chester Rogers, Darius Fountain out of uh, Northern Illinois. Big fan of his. Uh, he's a you know later round draft pick though, and Deion Kane as well. Both guys who. Maybe a little underrated in the draft process, but still day three dudes that you can't really expect to just come into the NFL and you know perform for you. So th- this team needs a little Des Bryant. Des Bryant's on, Des that, Bryant. on that free agent market, still hasn't signed with a team. I think this would be a perfect fit for him. You have the T.Y. Hilton, Ryan Grant, little small speedster guys. Des comes in as that big time possession receiver, can get you you know key first down on third and seven, can you know make a contested catch uh, in the air. I'm I'm a bit I'm I'm with this. I really like that uh, yeah. fit as well. And Des turned down a three-year deal in Baltimore, so he wants to go for that one-year deal. This kind of seems perfect. It's like move it. You can bring Des in for one year, pair him with Ty, and then let that that kind of ragtag group they have behind him uh, compete for that third spot. Uh, but I think this would be great just to give that that offense another uh, weapon. And the thing for me after initially reacting to to Adam saying this is. Des, why the heck not? It's like you get an opportunity to play with an elite quarterback, as we've spoken about, an Andrew Luck, who's going to get you the ball. He's going to put it there. And on a, when you have an elite quarterback, your team's competitive. We've already talked about how they've, they've kind of bolstered their line a bit. It just seems like an incredible fit. And if, and if, uh, if, if anyone can name a better fit for Des, I, I'd, be, I'd be surprised. I really think that this is, my, in my opinion and our opinion, the best fit for Des uh, in the league right now. And they could be... I think they could boost up one level of competitiveness, bringing Dez in, bringing a veteran receiver in who's been there before, and may, may be a little slow uh, on the routes, but will bring down meaningful yeah, and balls. I, I think with Dez, the only thing that the Colts can't offer him is maybe revenge against the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I, same thing with how Richard Sherman immediately went to an NFC West team. I think if it had worked out with the Redskins, Eagles, or the Giants, it would have already happened. So I, I really think, you know, that kind of staying in division is out of the question for Dez. 
and he's definitely looking for his next spot to go to, and Indy seems like a perfect fit. Good Let's do start. talk about this defense, though, Let's. because it's not looking great. Yeah. No, it's it's not looking great. You're um, they're switching from a uh, three four to a four three this year, so uh, a little change in scheme as well. So that could create some issues with dudes that have been on the team and molded for that three four defensive scheme that they're now uh, switching up. And I mean, we'll, we'll talk about this too. But um, now that I'm on the scheme change too, Frank Reich, new head coach. You know, Indy's coming off of this whole thing with Josh McDaniels. That was a weird mm-hmm. scenario. But I mean, I think Frank Reich. I like that. Um, He's an offensive head coach coming in for Andrew Luck, which is something he hasn't had in his career so far. Um, so I do, I do like that change of head coach. I don't mean to go backwards here a little bit, but I felt like we should. Yeah, no, that. obviously, got to mention the fact that they have a new head coach in, and uh, he's the former OC of the Eagles, right? That's yep, mm-hmm. that was his prior position. So yeah, no, that's definitely going to be interesting him coming in, but kind of bouncing back to the defense, definitely take some of the wind out of my excitement for this team looking up and down the defensive roster. I guess at first glance, I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, At first glance, I looked at the roster and said, wow, I think Malik Hooker might be the best player on this defense. And that's no slight to Malik Hooker, but it's his second year in the league. And uh, he got hurt. And he got hurt. (laughs) He really hasn't even proven that he's a great NFL player yet. And, and, I mean. Yeah, but, like, if you could have your pick of any player on this defense for one year. It'd be the dude they it drafted would, it, yeah. 18th or whatever yeah. last year in the first round. Jamal Sheard had a pretty good year last year as a Yeah, man. he's another guy who's getting older too, though. And, uh, Klepp, this is aimed towards you. Terrell Basham and Kamoko Ture, two guys. Two, two Klepp guys. Two Klepp guys in the draft process that Terrell Basham, they, Ture, they got something to show. And these are guys that in the new uh, 4-3 scheme can really be, I think, effective edge rushers yeah. mm-hmm. uh, for this team. So there's a little bit of a bright spot there, but... As you sift down, I mean, I like I like John Simon. I think he's a solid linebacker. Solid guy. Antonio Morrison has not really been the player they wanted him to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's kind of just struggled and been hit or miss and also has had some, like, he always has penalty issues too. Darius uh, Leonard, great pick from yeah. the South Carolina. Darius, so that's what we were well. going to talk. Darius Leonard, he was kind of billed as a, a Telvin Smith type of player. Yeah. So um, it'll be good for them to maybe have a presence in the middle which can give them some uh, pass coverage help, which Antonio Morrison has yeah. not been able to do. Anthony Walker, too, is a guy that I think we liked coming out of uh, Northwestern, but still he's a fifth-round pick. Mm-hmm. And so you can't – obviously you want your late-round picks to become good players, but it's, it's like, I mean, the jury's still definitely out on Anthony Walker and whether he can actually be a solid contributor for your team. And he's also kind of a dude who um, – more of a Big Ten linebacker type, a guy who is not necessarily uh, – advanced in his uh, pass coverage abilities. So this linebacker core, it's got Darius Leonard, which is pretty much the only thing that I think, I mean, like, it's just... It's the only bright spot, The really. only real, you know, thing you can point to that can say, well, this might be better than we think it is just because of him. Yeah. So that, that, that worries me. When you go to the secondary, Quincy Wilson, I really liked him coming out. Uh, corners usually take a few years to, uh, you know, become good players in the second league. Year so, in the league. So as a second-round pick, you know, second year in the league, Quincy Wilson, I think he should hopefully elevate his game a little bit. He definitely struggled at times last year. Also wasn't really getting on the field a ton, a ton of snaps, but that's kind of the way it goes for corners a lot of times. So it remains to be seen whether Quincy Wilson and Malik Carter can, can kind of be the cornerstone to this, this young secondary or if they might just kind of yeah, fizzle out, and it's unfortunate that TJ Green out of uh, Clemson hasn't really come in and, and done much for them either. Yeah, I mean, 
honestly, looking at the secondary, it's looking at it's pretty ho hum to be it's, honest. It's kind of just looking at who's going to be a guy who's going to step up and 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 take a job. You know, this is mm-hmm. this is a training camp secondary kind of someone someone's going to win a job, maybe a late round pick, something like that. But this secondary definitely needs a spark. Matthias Farley's been there for a little while. He's been solid. You know, he's not he's not great. He's a good football he's, player. He's, yeah, he's nothing. You're really he, he's going to make mistakes. He's gonna he's an average safety, I think. And uh, like Adam said, Quincy Wilson, young. They're they're kind of asking him to do a lot as a yes, starting corner, yeah. second round pick. He was kind of a project pick too, like an athlete who can cover. But also, we saw him get burned a couple times at Florida. We he, saw, and he also he lacks like a top end speed. Too, yeah, you yeah, know? no, exactly. Definitely more so, of a zone corner type of guy, mm-hmm. which isn't you know bigger. necessarily a bad thing. A lot, yeah. But, you know, so I think it's fair to say that they're kind of asking a little too much from the young secondary. Bouncing real quickly back to the linebackers, I think I'll give credit for the Colts for doing a good job of getting depth picks with their defensive players, like having bringing in Darius Leonard and then Zaire Franklin from uh, Syracuse. I don't know too much about him. Uh, Sky Moore from South Carolina, if I'm not mistaken, another late-round guy where they're Taekwon Lewis and, like I said, Kamoko Ture. They're bringing dudes in who like are going to compete in training camp. They're going to be tr- hungry, trying to win jobs. So this is definitely kind of a blank sheet defense, I think, that's going to make kind of form itself during training camp. I mean, these yeah. dudes are going to get their opportunities. Mm-hmm. So I, Absolutely. I, I completely agree. I was just going to say that Taekwon Lewis and Kamiko Ture, they really need to have, I think, kind of impactful uh, years for this defense to kind of be effective. I mean, a lot of guys are going to have to do it with them having kind of this blank slate defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but another thing that I kind of wanted to talk about was just the run game. This year and how Marlon Mack, they had Marlon Mack and Frank Gore last year, yeah. and it was kind of, uh, kind of underwhelming. And Frank Gore is pretty amazing that he still uh, can it. contribute that at, at that age. But uh, now going forward, they got Naeem Hines, who I really like a lot from uh, North Carolina State, and then Jordan Wilkins, for who I believe is from Ole Miss. Ole Miss. I like Jordan Wilkins a lot. Yeah. So they got two impactful running backs this year in the draft to go along with Marlon Mack, who was kind of a dynamic playmaker coming out of uh, South Florida last year. So I, I kind of this this running back core has potential to be special with the creativeness that Frank Wright can bring. I'm I'm disappointed that you beat me to the running back core. I really yeah. am. I, I thought I'd be the first one to hit on it because I'm a, I'm a huge Naheem Hines guy. Kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Tariq Cohen in, in Chicago. Kind of a joystick guy, guy who's going to really be great in Madden. Super athletic, able to make plays in open space. More physical than uh, he's, yeah. No, he, I mean he gets after it. I really was a f- huge fan of watching him. He was one of the best players in the ACC last year, easily standing five eight two honey. He's gonna he's gonna get his at five eight two honey. And then Jordan Wilkins is a club guy. He's more of a banger for Ole Miss. And then Marlon Mack, obviously, is a dude we liked a lot. Uh, Home run hitter a little bit coming yeah. out of yeah. South Florida. Uh, but this this is another thing where it's. Guys are going to get snaps, and guys are going to get opportunities. One hundred percent, and I, I kind of expect uh, Naeem Hines to take over as like the primary back, and then have Marlon back be that uh, pass catching option. That's what I kind of. Am. I think of it the other way. I, I look at Marlon Mack as a second year guy who got a big workload at South Florida to be their guy who's going to get seventeen to twenty touches a game, even. And yeah. Naeem Hines is going to be the guy who's going to be making plays out of the backfield. They're going to have sets for him. He's going to be kind of that wild card type of player. Uh, so I mean, like it we'll could see. it could kind of go either way. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see if if Hines can prove that he can get you know like I said seventeen to twenty touches a game and he can be a guy who can run between the tackles. Then that's just a gift they got in the draft yeah. there. Let's uh, let's wrap a little bow on the Colts here and uh, mention the two Detroit Lions, former Detroit Lions oh, that are on me. the squad. You got Eric Ebron. Let's st- signing a signing a nice little deal uh, to join the Colts. 
joining start. joining da- Jack Doyle. They have a little two-headed monster at tight end. I'm, I, Clep and if I you are, will. A, a two-headed monster, if you will. We're not big Ebron guys. I'm not going to sit here and try to say I'm a big Ebron guy, but if anyone can make him look good, it's going to be Andrew Luck, and it's going to be Jack Doyle in that two-tight end set. And it's going to finally – I think that – as much as I dislike Ebron, the pressure's kind of off him Get, now. Getting out of Detroit. Yeah. He got out of yeah. Detroit. He's no longer the couldn't number. Couldn't handle the heat. He couldn't <laughs> handle the heat. He's no longer the number ten pick who was picked before Odell in Detroit. So he's he's over in Indy. He's playing with another really good quarterback, and I think he's off to the clean start that he wanted. And Jack Doyle's just he's a serviceable tight end. You know, he's a guy who's gonna he's gonna block and he's gonna get meaningful catches too. Um, and then more importantly, that man Brad Kaya. Sitting yep. third at that on that QB and, depth know, chart. The Colts might keep three QBs. You know, Luck has a propensity well. to get hurt. You know, and keep him around if he has a nice little preseason. It's going to be a Kaya Philip Walker duel for that third <laughs> quarterback spot. Don't underestimate that that man from Temple. And as we as we finish the Colts real quickly, I think we all agree. Quentin Nelson, Mister Guaranteed Contract. That guy's going to be Ooh. that guy's going to be a stud. He was kind of the most can't miss prospect. I think. Same with Braden Smith too. I think and, those are both two guys that are going to hit. I mean, oh, obviously I, I, yeah, no, I think Braden Smith's a great depth guard, but Quentin Nelson's just a guy who's going to. He's probably going to come in and maybe be your best lineman and possibly yeah. be a Pro Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so that's a dude that they really they're giving them him that guaranteed money for a reason. And let's, as we move on, let's go to the Texans, Houston Texans. Last year, uh, first game of the year, Tom Savage, starter, pulled at halftime. And uh, Deshaun Watson immediately comes in and is a shot of adrenaline to, to the offense. And they, they lost that fateful week one game to the Jags. The oh my goodness game. <laughs> I can't, Club couldn't believe it. But I got a little piece to say about Houston real quick. Okay. Because I've been, I've been looking up and down this roster and I've got something to say. Uh, Mr. Bill O'Brien, Mr. Head Coach, Offensive Coordinator, Bill O'Brien, I'm looking at you because Bill O'Brien hasn't done too much to prove to me that he's a legitimate NFL coach. He was a little, he was gifted this job a little bit after having a pretty good season at Penn State, looking like the forever coach there coming from New England, that, that Belichick tree. And he started Savage. He's made some kind of Weird decisions, and now I'm looking at this division, and it's like you're looking at Vrabel, who's a competitor, first-year coach. You're looking at Marone, who's a second-year coach, who's coming in with the with the best team in the division, on paper at least, in last year. And then you're looking at Frank Wright, who we were just talking about, who's another first-year young coach. Yeah. And young uh, young first-year guys who are inexperienced as head coaches in the league. Not Marone, but... Bill O'Brien, this should be your division, man. You've got you've been here the longest. You, you've, yeah. you've been here the longest. I, I just want to see some a little bit of coaching oomph from Bill O'Brien because with the whole Savage debacle last year, like there should have been no question who the starting quarterback was week one, but there was, and it kind of dragged on as the season went on. And I just think Bill O'Brien has kind of been a guy who every time he's gotten to the playoffs, it's been. Not his doing. It's kind of been the other forces that be that have got him there. Or and the I, AFC South being a listless division. Exactly. The other forces, and, and I'm not. I'm not trying to say that Bill O'Brien's necessarily a bad coach, but he at some point he's got to take this division by the reins and really prove that he's he's the gunning coach in this division. Yeah, and I don't think that's going to be this year because I'm kind of looking at this Texans team and I'm I'm not really feeling it uh, this year to be honest. Interesting. I think, I really don't like this offensive line. Um, I always try to start to look in the trenches right there. Obviously, um, I mean, they lost Dwayne Brown. They traded him away to Seattle yes. last year, which was an interesting. I mean, he was 
had a weird situation with a contract holdout, mm-hmm. so he was unhappy there. So you, nece- you know, not necessarily blaming the Texans for that, mm-hmm. um, but uh, they were, it seems out of their control. But still, it's a loss along the O line there that they're going to have to handle. And they didn't have a lot of draft capital. No, to, they didn't to, to fix that line. And you know, their first, you know, they they picked. Uh, you know, guys in the third round at uh, tackle. I don't really know. Martinus Rack. Yeah, well, really that know. dude is a six foot seven tackle from Mississippi State. Okay. Yeah, who I think is kind of a project pick, but also yeah. can maul people. Yeah, he uh, had a little first so early second hype. Yeah, so I mean, he's going to be a guy. He's sitting at their backup right now. Him and Julian Davenport are obviously battling for that left tackle position, but it's definitely a wild card position and not. Well, not yeah, a, and I mean, I just there's just a lot going on in this O line yeah. that I don't. I mean, Nick Martin is basically the only dude yeah. that's, you know... He's shown consistency, really, yeah. in his career. I, I, I mean... I, well, I just want to... I mean, I, I mean, it starts at the line, kind of, and then when you go back, Deshaun Watson, obviously, if if healthy, is going to have to win this, this team games single-handedly from an offensive point, I think, just because Lamar Miller and Dante Foreman is a little underwhelming to me. It's not bad. It's a good... Everybody's skilled now, so they have, they have guys that can run the ball, but it's just a little underwhelming. And then New Hopkins... Obviously, is great, and I think some people think he's one of the top, uh, like a top three receiver in the NFL. I don't necessarily think he's there yet. I think he's definitely a top five, top six guy. Uh, but it's just I, I don't know. I yeah, like. I mean, I, I think Deshaun Watson's going to have a lot of help from Hopkins and Fuller. You know, DeAndre Hopkins is. He's going to. You can make an to. argument that DeAndre Hopkins is one of the best receivers in the league. So I mean, he's got that. Not a lot of quarterbacks have that. And then Will Fuller showed that he can be an incredible deep threat. Yeah, and pretty cons- pretty very true. pretty damn consistent deep threat too. Last season, I totally agree with you on the running Will back Fuller situation. Will Fuller and Deshaun Watson had a really nice um, rapport going. Yeah, no, they when did. Watson was in there, they were making a lot of plays together. So. I'm just, I'm just seeing a lot of kind of but, like Seattle games. Like yeah, so the, the thing is to too offense like that. that uh, like Deshaun Watson is an injury risk, and you're yeah. putting him behind this O line also. And if the O line is bad, you're probably not going to have too much of a running game. So it just it, all the concern starts up front. If you're playing seven on seven football, yeah. I'm all about the Texans, but yeah. that's not how that's not how it goes. I don't know. I'm not quite ready to say. I think this this can be. I'm not saying that this line is going to rise above, but. Based on as far as NFL lines go, I mean, it, it, it looks pretty average to me. I think Central Henderson is a serviceable right tackle. I think Nick Martin's one of the better centers in the league. I think if you can turn your project pick in Martinez Rankin, who, let me look at this dude. I think, if I'm not mistaken, he's like 6'6 or something. It says, uh, well, he's big, and, he, and he's a project pick. And if you can turn him into your starting left tackle and he can be somewhat good and not be a complete turnstile, it's going to be a lot of big plays and winning third downs, third and eight sevens, third and eights that they're going to have to convert. I feel like it's, it's just not really good. Yeah, I mean they have they have not really good. <laughs> they have a quarterback who showed show. I mean, although he has injury history, showed signs of being elite last year. They have I complete, They I have a top. Agree. They have a they have a top tier receiving core. So I mean, if you if you're like back to Bill O'Brien, if you're drawing up the right offense, it's not like he doesn't know his offensive line. If you're drawing up the right offense and you want to be a deep threat team and you want to get the ball out quick, you can be effective doing that. Like you talked about how I kind of see not too many similarities, but offensive line-wise, it's somewhat like the Chiefs, I feel like. Like their offensive line is just not very good, but it's like you still kind of find ways to get the ball out quick. You find ways to make it work. I think they're, I think you're giving their offensive line a little bit more credit. Yeah, I mean – we can we can sit here and kind of go back and forth about it, and you guys obviously think it's really really bad. I think it's bad. 
Uh, you know, <laughs> so so that's kind of where it seems we're... like we've hit a roadblock here with the O line, but let's go over to the defense where there is more positive things to talk about. What is truth? Yeah, what, <laughs> what is truth? <laughs> <laughs> but um, at least on this defense, the front seven is is looking really really good. You know, I'll be that they uh, stay healthy. Yeah, no, and that's another thing. Injury concerns. JJ Watt is look, looked like. Has looked before like the best player in the league, but who knows? Where that guy's body could be breaking down as we speak. Uh, Whitney Merciless has proven that he can get after it. Same, obviously, with Jadavian Clowney. There, there is, this, there's more to be excited about, I think, on the defensive side. Let's, let's maybe zone out the secondary just for now. But as far as defensive line uh, pressuring the quarterback and linebackers go, this is a really solid team, and it's kind of... It's kind of been their core for a little while as their as their linebackers and D line. Yep. So they're they're bringing back some guys who are experienced and are and can really get after it on the defensive side. Bringing back Romeo Romeo Cornell at DC. Yeah, yeah. He took like that he took a year Brable. off. Brabel or stepped in and yeah. he stepped. I, I, yeah, I mean, bring back into the fold. It's some consistency. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a good thing to see. It's not too much movement, but as you move to the secondary, uh, that's where the questions are raised yeah. and. They did make a big move by bringing in another injury-ridden guy who's proven to be a star at times in Tyran Matthew from Arizona. If he can stay healthy and get after it, that'll be a huge bolster to their secondary, but that's also a big if. He's a ball hawk, but he's really the only impressive playmaker in the secondary. Yeah. So you got to give – I know Jonathan Joseph is 34, but you got to give the guy yeah, credit he, for being able to keep up for this long, and he's going to be the number one guy though. again. You no, have to call a spade a spade. Absolutely really. not. Totally absolutely not. And he is getting older, but give him credit where it's due. He's older. He's not great, but he's been solid for them for a while, and he's really So is Kareem Jackson, for that matter, too. I mean, it's yeah. – these are they're, they're older guys who have been in the league for a while and know how to play the position. Mm-hmm. Kevin Johnson has really kind of flamed out as a yeah. first-round pick. For I like that they brought in Aaron Colvin from Jacksonville. I think he's, yeah, a, good, Aaron he's a good depth nice, corner to have. He's a good slot guy to have as that number three. He was the number three corner in uh, Jacksonville last mm-hmm. year. Really well, went nice between Bouye and Definitely Jaylen, a big question mark in the second year. Mm-hmm. Zach, yeah. Zach Cunningham, though, I'd like to talk about. He had a really, really good yeah, rookie year good for year. a linebacker. And just yeah, as, a, as a Lions fan... You know, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. you know, Lions went, went corner linebacker, and I think they'd be in a lot better uh, place right now had they taken uh, Tommy's Tommy's uh, young gun, Tredavious White, in the first round and then taken Zach Cunningham in the second round. That's a Put him in a much better draft class than I, than I got looking at it's right early, now. Man. It's, it's early, man. It's early. But, but, hindsight's you know, 20 Hindsight's twenty twenty. Hindsight's 20 but uh, Zach Cunningham is, is a, you know, He's he's a bigger linebacker in terms of lengthwise. Yeah. Um. And so he really is much better. Yeah. In, and he played much better in the passing game last yeah. year than yeah. I think a lot of people expect. So. Definitely. And like as I as as to quote Klepp in a vacuum, this defense has J.J. Watt, Whitney Merciless, Jadavian Clowney, Tyron Matthew on it. Yeah. And Ber- Bernardic McKinley, Zach Cunningham. Like there are dudes on this defense. They're going to. I also Justin Reed is a guy I really liked coming in the process from Stanford. Yeah, we and they, give him this they, due. They've got him slotted at free safety right now, and I would bet on him taking over Andre Hall's yeah. uh, spot. I think no, he's we that kind of about football that. player. If he can really make an impact too, you can have Tyron Matthew and Justin Reed. That could be a safety. Core that makes up monster. makes up for your lack of cornerback ability. That's the thing. Like there are bright spots in the secondary. Justin Reed was a good pick. He's a guy that a lot of people had going a lot earlier. So I think you, it's fair to say that at least after the draft, it seemed like a steal of a pick at the time. Yeah. So if you can come in and win that job and and learn under Matthew and kind of be a serviceable free safety, let Matthew take the reins as the star in the secondary, but make up for that elderliness at cornerback. I mean. They can, they can really – I think this defense can really make moves. Uh, 
But I think that's the extent of of our yeah, Texans let's, banter. Let's move on over to the uh, Tennessee Titans, Woo-hoo! who won a playoff game last year. Yes, they did. Say, say what you will about them, Tennessee Titans. Uh, unfortunately, rest in peace, exotic Smash Mouth. Yeah, uh, actually, but Mike Malarkey has uh, has left the building and brought in from the division in the AFC South, Mike Vrabel. Uh, he is going to be the head coach. Also brought in a new OC, Matt LaFleur, who was in uh, L.A. with Sean McVay, if I'm not mistaken. So Dean Pease coming in and helping out on defense, even though uh, Rabel, Rabel, will probably Rabel, be, Rabel yeah. will be running that. But yeah, yeah. Uh, great NFL name is Dean Pease. Dean Pease, baby. Um, and So I, I know Tommy. Tommy's a big Titans guy, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, I am really high on this team you know, this year. A little bit to say about him, so why don't you just uh, go ahead? Yeah, I just want to kick it off by saying uh, the Titans. I think they kind of won the off season a little bit. If you can, in, in my uh, yeah, so far in, in, in combination of draft picks, coaching signings, and free agent signings, I think this team is seen their window of opportunity, seen how weak this AFC is looking, and trying to attack that right now. And it all starts with. Like you were saying, bringing in Mike Vrabel who's going to run that defense and really improve on a defense that was kind of weak last year and really underwhelming. And bringing in Matt LaFleur, who has kind of been touted as a new whiz kid of the NFL, uh, these young NFL coaching whizzes. Uh, but, yeah, so you bring in that. Malcolm Butler, Deion Lewis. Whew, I just, I don't know, man. I don't really know where to start. This, this team doesn't really have uh, a lot of holes on offense, really, besides, I guess, wide receiver. That's where their big question mark is. Um, and then other than that, it's wide receiver and linebacker is kind of where you're going to need production. I don't even know if I would say that they're a question mark at receiver. Corey I Davis, absolutely would. Corey da- well, we can well, argue, if you're going to pick one, you, you, Corey Davis, I, I'm predicting a big year from Corey Davis, and that's maybe where we differ. But I really think he was hampered by injuries his entire – throughout the draft process and into his rookie year. And he really uh, – he had his best game of the year in the uh, divisional playoff game against the Patriots. So – I think he can take some positive momentum coming in from his rookie season and really develop into the guy that they drafted. Um, I'm not sure if he'll ever, you know, live up to the billing of being that was it fifth overall pick. Yeah. yeah. But I, I really believe in his potential this year. You have a guy in Rashard Matthews who is a really just a nice complimentary piece and has has played pretty well he's a since, they, since they brought him in. Yeah, he's been there for two seasons now. Uh, Taiwan Taylor is just a nice little slot slot piece that you can have. He's not he's nothing special, but I think he's a solid guy, and Tajay Sharp too is a is a dude who they drafted in the late rounds who has, has come in and you know well. done done his part. You know yeah. he's not a superstar player, but he's a solid guy. So I'm not really concerned about this and also, receiver. Also, uh, Deontay group. Burnett, uh, undrafted free agent from USC, who was really Sam Darnold's kind of go-to guy on a lot of plays uh, last year. They got him, signed him as an undrafted free agent. I just so. I just think there's not a single receiver that's. Kind of even really. Yeah, clo- I think clo- I agree with you. There's I think not it's a single receiver a that's mark. really even that close to being proven. And if Corey Davis proves himself this year, that's a different story. But it's almost like the, you're kind of bringing back the same offense from last year. Well, actually, I, I disagree because I want to talk about Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis bringing that in. You had Derrick Henry and Demarco Murray. You were kind of holding Derrick Henry back last year with Demarco Murray. The exotic Smash Mouth was dying, like Club was ta- touched on that. You bring on Deion Lewis, who's one of the better third down catching backs. Just elusive backs in the NFL. And then you have Derrick Henry, and I expect a breakout season from Derrick Henry. I've been going back and forth on my first uh, prophecy, thinking that Derrick Henry might lead the league in rushing this year. Woo! And I think I'm going to go ahead and pencil it in. Pencil it wow. in. Wow. That's, That's a big moment. Wow. That's a wow. big moment. I'm going to say Derrick Henry's going to lead the league in rushing this year. Um, 
I, I expect big things from this Titans offense. Uh, their offensive line is one of the better offensive lines in the NFL. I think they have all the tools to really be a nightmare for other defensive coordinators. Marcus Mariota, this is another prove-it year, kind of. The, the Winston Mariota, that debate going back and forth. Both of these guys have question marks. Um, we're going to talk about that and when we get back over to the uh, the NFC, but... This is a prove year for him. He's got this is the best that he's they've ever looked on offense and defense in his career. This is the best team they've had. They won a playoff game, no matter how. I, you can say that. You can say this is the. I just like they're bringing back the same offense from last year, and they're basically replacing Demarco with Deion Lewis. And you're so bringing a whole new offensive scheme. Though I think you're underrating the fact that yeah. But at the end of the day, offensive. it's like Marcus Mariota hasn't proven himself yet. He's still going to have to do that. Sure. I mean, this is we're, we're don't get me wrong. Some things. We're, no, no. We're talking about a team that won a playoff game. So I'm not. They still want to play. They're they're good enough to win a playoff game. Like I think they are. And but I think that if you're looking to, to get to that next level, it's obviously going to come down to eight. It's going to come down to that guy under center because. Mariota's proven that he can be, you know, kind of in between a tweener of, of sometimes he's highly efficient and highly effective, and sometimes he just lacks. Sometimes he just doesn't really have I enough. I think he is limited. And, 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 is, and, is, and proves that he's limited. I love Derrick Henry. I think he's a beast. Uh, I don't know about the yards prediction just because of Deion Lewis. I think Deion Lewis is going to be getting touches. He's going to be getting carries. So he's going to be taking some carries away from Henry. I love their tight end situation. I know Tommy's a big John o. Smith guy. Delaney Walker's proven that he's a great tight end. Their line is really good. I think they definitely have questions at receiver. But in this division, it's like Corey Davis is going to be going up against some tough corners. And, uh, I mean, he, we, we talked about Indy. We talked about Houston. The secondaries are kind of weak, so he'll have some, some room to prove himself. But you're kind of bringing back the same offense. And, again, it's going to kind of come down to Mariota, I think and his ability to be effective. And I'm excited to see what LaFleur has drawn up. Let's jump down to the defense, though, because I want to talk about their first two picks of the draft. Oh, yeah. Rashawn Evans and Harold Landry. Rashawn Evans was the guy they traded up in the back end of the first round for. That's a Vrabel pick, I think. It's a very, you know, the linebacker, Vrabel, bringing in two LBs himself. Harold Landry was a guy who was expected to be a first-round pick, but there's some injury red flags there that forced him to fall to the second. But if everything checks out with him... I mean, that's a nice injection of young talent to this linebacker core where, I mean, Derek Morgan and Brian Aracco in their 3-4 defense have been two pretty good edge rushers, um, you know, I think underrated, honestly. And Jarrell Casey, too, has been a perennially underrated player. But, you know, as these guys, Aracco and Morgan, get into their later years, you know, you're going to have to bring in some guys who can, you know, spell them for a little Mm -hmm. bit. You know, so I think, you know, bringing in – and Rashad Evans, obviously – he has blitz. I think he has a lot of pass rush potential from the inside, even though he's not a quote unquote edge rusher. But Harold Landry can also, I think, learn a lot from uh, Arakpo and Derek Morgan, even though if they're a little bit different types of rushers. You know, Arakpo and Morgan are more power guys, and then you know, Harold Landry is going to be more of your bend, you know, athletic speed. type speed rusher. But still, you know, it's depth, it's depth, 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 depth. Yeah. And you know, dudes are going to learn from other guys. Absolutely, so, I think those are. Bringing in, bringing in Benny Logan from Kansas City, also another yep. kind of a veteran guy who's been on an effective defensive line, who's gotten, who's put pressure on on interior linemen for his whole career. So and we'd really like to see Kevin Dodd. Yeah, have a mm-hmm. he's been he's you know really struggled with injuries, has never been really quite get it going in Tennessee, and unfortunately, this is kind of a make or break year for him uh, coming out of Clemson from 2016. So yeah, the other big thing on this defense, big addition, is Malcolm Butler. Yep. Yeah, and I. I 
I don't like it, really. Really? I don't wow. like it that much. I Ooh. just think I think Malcolm Butler was great in New England, and I think that New England made him just as good as he made New England. And I think that uh, he was. Yeah. I think that he's kind of been overrated his whole career, and, and, and the interception was obviously a huge blessing. But at the same time, people have given him a little too much credit as as a number one corner. And I think that obviously this could be kind of a somewhat I wouldn't say prove it year for him because he is an established corner in the league. But to get shipped to Tennessee to be in a, a kind of a younger a, a team with younger corners, Adderie Jackson has proved that. He can keep up with just about any receiver in the league, but also is going to get his fair share of going to get beat his fair share of times. And you brought in Logan Ryan, another New England guy who kind of fell through the cracks. But I really think Malcolm Butler, if he doesn't take control early and prove that he's the alpha on this cornerback uh, team or, or this base of corners, I don't think that he's ever really going to establish himself. And I think he could eventually fall through the cracks and end up being kind of just a serviceable corner for them. Yeah, I don't really like that take. I think it's going to open up. I don't know. I had questions about Adore Jackson going into the draft pro- process last year, and he really kind of just—he had, he had a lot better of a year than I really thought he was going to going to have. We knew he, that he was athletic and he could keep up with everybody, but he showed a ball hawkiness that I—I I mean, I knew that he was making plays in college, but he just—he looks more into, of a complete corner to me. And you have Logan Ryan is one of the better kind of slot corners in the NFL or a secondary corner. They've had him all last year, and now they just bring in Malcolm Butler, who you know is already – maybe he is a little bit overrated. I can grant you that, but he is a solid NFL corner who at the very least is like a 1A corner, I yeah, think. I mean, so I just think it's going to open up their secondary even more. Kevin Byard had a breakout year last year at He's free a really underrated player. And was a pro ball player, I believe, in the safety. He and, tied, he, uh, tied Darius Slay with eight picks yep. uh, for the league lead. So that that he he's a nice player on their back end that I don't think gets enough credit. So – I mean, honestly, I, I don't know. After going over this Tennessee team, they're a lot more uh, solid all around than I yeah. initially expected. So um, let's yeah. move on to the uh, division winners last year, the team that kind of took the league by storm a little bit, uh, too much to my chagrin, as you could say, uh, with uh, Blake Bortles. I'm still on the hook for a Bortles jersey, unfortunately, due to Connor <laughs> Ryan. Yeah, but, you know, I'll get it. Yeah. It's, it's going to come. Just like the Chuck Wash. Just like it, the Chuck. It'll get there. It'll get there. Uh they're coming in as, as the team to beat. They have the target on their back. They're, they're talking that talk. Malik Jackson coming out saying they're going 16-0, which uh, is the same thing he said last year. So it's just he says it every year. So, yeah. you know, I guess, you know, like the optimistic uh, outlook. Marcel Darius is in a bit of trouble with the law, or is it a drug failure or something like that? It's something happened something. to Marcel. It's so something they he's did not bring in uh, Taven Bryan from Florida, a guy that Tommy and I liked. So this defensive line is, is still locked and loaded. Um, you know, you got Telvin Smith and Miles Jack were, were running it at a linebacker last year in the secondary just uh, continues to uh, to impress us and, and get better in the year. And I think, you know, this is a prophecy from the old Dak judges that Jalen Ramsey would make uh, a case for himself as the best corner in the league. And I definitely think he did he that absolutely in did, 2016. Yeah. And, you know, I think he definitely has a chance in 2017 or 2018 to leave the league just overall. We yeah. can put a stamp on his name as the best corner in the NFL. I would agree. Uh, two guys from Detroit, though, coming over to the secondary. Don Carey and DJ Hayden. They're going to bring that lunch sack to work every day. You know, they're going to bring that, the lunch pail. They're going to do their job. Yeah, while we're still talking on this defense, I want to talk about their draft picks. Their two draft picks, uh, Ronnie Harrison at safety, who kind of slipped to the third round. I definitely thought had potential as a round one guy or definitely a round two guy. 
just a physical safety that's going to play down in the box, uh, make some tackles, and just kind of slide in behind Tashawn Gibson and be a nice rotational safety. And then, as Adam touched on, Taven Bryan from Florida, just a super athletic dude who can kind of play all over the field, definitely could be a five or three technique. Um, and that's definitely, I mean, the rich just kind of get richer. I think their defense, they're just yeah. adding up and just building building these pieces and just, this, man, they're impressive. This is just a team where, looking up to down, I'll say it right now, this is my favorite to win the division, without a doubt. I mean, after what they did last year, in my eyes, they just, they just got better. They brought in Andrew Norwell, who's a proven one of the best guards in the league from Carolina. They absolutely stole him from there. So their offensive line just gets better. Cam Robinson proved that he can be a Pretty damn good left tackle last year. Leonard Fournette, I think I completely believe in him as a starting running back, and I believe in Marone's vision for this team. I think that they did take a bit of a loss in Mercedes Lewis and a veteran tight end who's been there before. But Also lost Allen Hearns and Allen Robinson. Yeah, but Allen Robinson was injured all of last year, and Allen Hearns did not make that huge of an impact. I think this is more of a team where they— Also they, got Lee's boy, Al Lazard. They have, that man, Alan Lazard, coming in as an undrafted free agent that gets me excited. But as I was saying, kind of a makeshift receiving core. They brought in Dante Moncrief, who's really never done that much. I expect to see more from Marquise Lee just as an athlete out there. They brought in DJ Chark from LSU in the draft. I think he's a great depth pick for them. And Keelan Cole and D.D. Westbrook, two guys who showed flashes of being really solid receivers last year. So you can say, again, similar to Tennessee, this, t- this, re- this receiving core doesn't necessarily have anyone who's proven really good receiver in the league, but there's a lot of dudes who are going to be ready to step up and make an impact in this offense, and I think that's really all they need. I, th- I think the receiving core is actually kind of imp- – I think it's a lot better than Tennessee. Like, I the, totally the question agree. Mark that Tennessee has. Yeah, actually, I, I mean, totally Marquise agree. Lee really kind of had – there were some questions about him in his first two years for sure, and then the year before last it was like, okay, he kind of had a good year. Marquise Lee had a very good year last year. They know what they're getting. They got an outside threat in Dante Moncrief coming in, and even DJ Chark, who is a taller guy but has burners and ran a 4-3-40 at the yeah. – and then they still have D.D. Westbrook. I really like a lot of the pieces they have, and I think they don't really need uh, either Hearns or Robinson yeah. to carry this wide receiver. And like I was saying, I just want to say real quick, Safarian Jenkins has had his fair share of off-the-field issues. I think he's over that now. I think, he's, talent. I think he's ready to focus on football, and that's exciting to me because – because he, no, no, I mean, he's just not gotten he's in trouble. He's ready now, yeah. He's, he's not gotten in trouble in a while. So he's been, he was, early in his career, he was getting in trouble on a regular basis. I thought he might get kicked out of the league. But, I mean, I, I, he was, looked like a guy who had some really early issues, and he had a pretty solid season last year in New York. Ja, uh, Jaguars went out and snagged him, another big target for Bortles. And uh, Tommy Bohanian, still well, playing fullback. What do you fullback. say we make a bet, boys? Let's hear it. I got a nice little bet for you. Okay, I bet you that uh, Corey Davis and Rashard Matthews combined for more yards than Dante Moncrief and Marquise Lee. No, I don't. I don't care about that bet because that doesn't matter to me. Because what do you mean? Jag- well, well, because Dante Moncrief and Marquise Lee could be the third and fourth best receivers on the Jaguars team. I'm not going to pick my two guns because this offense doesn't work that way. They have Fournette and Yeldon, and, and they're literally going to spread the ball out to everybody. That's kind of the whole point. Is they're going to get short? This is what I'm saying. Keelan Cole is going to make an impact. D.D. Westbrook's going to make an impact. Chark's going to get catches, and then Moncrief and Lee are, are their two top guys. So I didn't even Alan, name. Alan Lazard's going to at least two touchdowns. I, <laughs> I'm serious. I, I think that's a, that's a small prophecy. I think that I just think that this receiving core is just riddled with dudes who are ready to make an impact. Like these are guys that are that want they want it, and, and they saw what they could do last year. They like I said, they brought in Norwell. Their line just got that much better. They have depth on the line too. 
The only soft spot in this offense is Blake Bortles. And if he can do what he did last year, they can go to the AFC Championship and win, what was it, 11 games. So I'm not, games. I'm not too worried. about. they can win 11 this year if he does the same thing, I think. I'm not too worried about, like, about that. And on defense, this team arguably has the best defense in the league. So we're looking at a team who's kind of bringing back just a better version of their team last year. Uh, and people can say Allen Robinson this, Allen Robinson that. The dude was injured all last year, so they really didn't have him. And like Tommy said earlier, I just want to give my Ronnie Harrison shout-out. That guy is an absolute stud. I think he could be even better than Deshaun Gibson by the end of the year. So I think that they're going to have a great rotation in the secondary, a great rota- rotation on the defensive line, and I think this is a team that's And Ronnie Harrison's going to fit in like a glove. He's a dog, baby. He's a dog. And Adam, A.J. Bouye is your guy. That's the, that's the best second corner in the league, I think. So they have the best corner in the league and the best second corner in the league and some serious depth in the secondary. I just There's not many holes on this team. Let's talk uh, division finishing, where they're going to finish. Who wants to start it off? Who wants to start it off? I, I think that this ice. might be where the meat of the potatoes is. Yeah, the, let's uh, get into it. I'm going to break that ice. I'm going to go ahead and break that ice. And uh, this is not going to be easy, and I think I'm going to go ahead and give, give you guys an early projection. I might be far off on this division because, like we talked about, there are a lot of what-ifs. There are a lot of ifs, ands, or buts. Andrew Luck is coming back. Is Deshaun Watson going to stay healthy? Can the Houston defense elevate itself? This, that, you know, like we all talked about. I'm going to go ahead and pick the Jaguars to win the division. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and say the Titans are going to come in second just because I really like Vrabel. I think Mariota's poised to have a solid year. And I think they're going to be a solid number two team that could end up sneaking into the playoffs. And interchangeably, I'm going to, I'm going to take the Colts at third and the Texans at fourth. The Texans were a team that I was excited about early on. Don't get me wrong. I think they can win. I think the Texans are more than capable of winning nine games, honestly, if things are clicking. But I'm going to stick with it. I'm just going to go Jags, Titans, uh, Colts, Texans. And I'm going to leave it at that in my AFC South. Yeah, well, mine, I thought we were going to be very differently, but mine is eerily similar. But I have the Titans finishing first. I think they have a little bit easier of a schedule, a little bit more dynamic on offense while still having a good defense. Obviously, I'm not saying it's as good as Jacksonville. But I'm going to have Jacksonville right there at number two. And I think both of these teams are playoff teams, Jacksonville and Tennessee. Uh, They're kind of interchangeable like you had Jacksonville firstly. Uh, So I'm going Tennessee one, Jacksonville two, uh, Indianapolis at three, and Houston at four. Uh, Indy just looks better on offense to me than Houston does. Uh, I like if they bring Dez in. Yeah, if if, uh, if 88. If they bring in the X. They they bring bring in Dez. We might have to do a little little reboot of the the predictions here. Well, they're going to find out very quick that he's not as good as a lot of people like to make him out to be, but... That's Take it from a Cowboys fan. <laughs> a true Cowboys fan over Hit here. us with it, Clef. Well, well, you know, I'm operating in a universe that I've made my prophecy. And it's coming. Oh, it's coming. It's okay. Coming. So, right. you know, there's no reboot. Yeah. There's no reboots here. Yeah. Okay? It's, 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 I've made my prophecy, and then that's how it's going to be. There's some serious confidence on this side of the world. You know, I don't have many strong, you know, maybe factual or, or based uh, in reality convictions about, about this uh this AFC South, so I'm just going to go with my heart. The Indianapolis Colts are going to take this division back with, with, with Luck back in the saddle. Okay, it, it, it's his division. That's what that's what you're all forgetting. Is this is yeah. Andrew Luck's division, and, and the rest of the teams are just living in it. Tennessee Titans are going to come in in second, make a nice wild card push. Jags set back here. They're coming in third. Okay, last year they went ten and six. Everyone's acting like they just they roll over the NFL and just yeah. I mean the game in the game in Pittsburgh was impressive. 
I'll give them the game in Pittsburgh. I'll give them the game. I'll give them the playoff game in Pittsburgh. Okay? I'll give them that. But, okay, you, you can't – death taxes and me hating on the Jacksonville Jaguars as long as number five is, is slated <laughs> to start at that quarterback position. And then Houston Texans, I think Deshaun Watson's the second-best quarterback in this division. But the holes in the secondary – the holes on the offensive line and the you know the injury risks that they have on defense where you know with their best players are the biggest injury risks. So yeah. look at that unanimous on Houston for I, I also I feel I bad. also think that Houston has the best ch- or Bill O'Brien sneaky dark horse for first coach fire. Yeah, no, that's that's kind of I was looking at him. It's like if this team is six games into the season and they're like two and four or one and five and they haven't won any division games, it's like this guy's gone. I think. Yeah. You know, I don't think he's really done enough to have a good case for why he should be staying. Definitely one of the more confusing divisions, I think. Yeah, we don't know what's going on. We could all be made out to be, you know. <laughs> well, I think one of us will end up coming out of this looking good, or at least two. Yeah. Well, if, Unless if, the Texans. Usually win. it's Tommy Cooper Cup Murray, as we <laughs> like to see, as he's done on the back judge. I, I, unless the Texans come in and uh, yeah. clean up. Clean up. But Thanks that's highly doubtful. Thanks for listening, folks. Yeah.